0: Flyers Daily with Jason Martinez. All right, here we go. Another brand-new Flyers Daily for Monday, April 18th, as the Flyers go down against the Buffalo Sabres, a final score of 5-3 at Wells Fargo Center. Another frustrating night for the Flyers. They go down in the back-to-back, and Buffalo sweeps the season series. matter of fact, Buffalo has won the last five straight versus the Flyers when they ended their 18-game winless skid back in the 2021 season. And they've now gotten the Flyers five times in a row. But it is Monday, which means Mondays with Meltzer. You read his work on PhiladelphiaFlyers.com, NHL.com, and HockeyBuzz.com. It is Bill Meltzer. Bill, how you doing?
1: I'm doing uh, doing okay, I guess. Uh, kind of a tough week of hockey. You know, it uh, was, uh, you know, it, 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 it a little bit frustrating. There were areas where you thought they were making progress, and, you know, they kind of took, stumps, they took steps backwards. So, uh, You know, and the it's not just as as we discussed before, it's not just about game outcomes. Really, it's about it's really about uh, the character that the team shows and, and, you know, the you know, and and just just playing the right way. And they certainly certainly did not do that in any of the games this past week. So it it was pretty disappointing.
0: Yeah. I mean, when we last convened, Bill, we were talking about the Anaheim game in that second period and how it wasn't about the result of that game, but it was about what took place in that second period. And I think we both agreed at the time, all right, we'll give them the benefit of the doubt and see if it's a one-off moving forward. It wasn't.
1: <laughs> no, no. And it, it, it fed off of,
0: you know, everything kind of
1: fed off of that game, right? Get, get your doors blown off by Washington. And then, you know, and then the two debacles against uh, the Sabres after leading in both of those games.
0: Yeah. Mm. It's stunning. And how much the game on Saturday against the Sabres mirrored the game against Anaheim was remarkable.
1: It, it, it was, I mean, um, you know, you and I were discussing that a little bit off the air where you, you lead to nothing after the first period. Um, everything just, you know, the, the wheels fall off in the second period. And, uh, you know, even, even going to the third, you know, there, there's, an opportunity still to maybe win a hockey game, but uh, you know, it was just uh just, just the level to which the team was outplayed. The the lack of ability to handle adversity, um, the the details going by the wayside, special teams, I mean all, all these things that have, we've talked about over and over and over again over the course of the season, you know, and, and it came came into play that's you know, Saturday, as you said, much like the previous Anaheim game. And Sunday was too much like Saturday, at least from the special team side.
0: Bill, there's been a lot of guys changed on this roster over the last couple of years. This issue's been ongoing for a while. It's been a character trait for the Flyers the last two seasons in particular. But, you know, there's been a lot of turnover, big names, small names, ancillary, and core. Yeah. And yet the problem still persists. I'm wondering, who is to blame for the problem? I'm not looking for an individual person. But I'm pretty sure that the coaches are mentioning, you know, before the second period, guys, we cannot let what happened to Anaheim happen to us again tonight. We got to hit a good first period. That's not wasted. And saying those things and cognizant of it, why does it keep happening? That's, you know,
1: I I don't know. I do not know. Um, As you said, it's, uh, there's not one, you know, you, you can't just pin it on a coach, a player. You know, a leader, you know, uh, young players, veteran players. I mean, it's uh, it permeates the team. It's gone on for a long time here. Um, You know, there was the 1920 season where it seemed like a lot of those problems and a lot of those problems have been solved. And then backslid in the playoffs and has just fallen off of a cliff again since there, you know, over two coaches who have very different styles and personalities over a lot of personnel changes so i don't you know i don't i don't know it's hard to put a finger on
0: yeah i mean it's almost like it's a fait accompli like last year it was the first period right they just moved the period this year from the first to the second because they've been much better in the first and hence it in some ways makes it more frustrating because you get out to a two-nothing lead and then you find a way to lose it's it's maddening and and i look at this problem and i go You know, they need to figure out why it's happening because you don't, you can't fix anything until you know why it's caused, what the cause of it is. And there's so many young players in the lineup, whether that's, you know, Owen Tippett, Noah Cates, Ronnie Adder, who are probably starting the AHL next year. I mean, there's young players galore. And I just don't want this, you know, stink of bad friends to end up on them. You know what I mean? Because I don't want it to become a trade of theirs, Bobby Brink, you know? Because sometimes, it, you know, who you hang out with <laughs> when you're growing up, that you, you gain their traits and their reputation. And right. I don't want this reputation to continue. This cycle of one period on, one period off to this extreme needs to end. But, you know, I understand it's a momentum sport and there's swings and I get all that, but it's the manner in which it looked again on Saturday night in Buffalo where they managed to paltry four shots and looked like they, they thought they were entitled to win the game after one period.
1: Yeah, you know, and and, and um, again, it goes back to the Anaheim game, right? And in, in that game, the Flyers actually played an outstanding first period. Yeah. And, and um, we're up two to nothing, could have even been three or four to nothing. And then, you know, and then I, I think that uh, Mike Yo described it as players like, oh, it's going to be points night tonight. Yeah. You know, or we're going to run you know. Um, and of course, it, but it was, be, it was beyond the normal pushback. You'll see, you'll see, you know, commonly, I, league-wide that if a team dominates one period there's a push back the next period but it's not usually the entire period Mm -hmm. to to that extent you know and and then just carrying over for the rest of a game it's uh the team once the horse gets out of the barn they really really have trouble regrouping and and uh it's it's you know it's really kind of maddening to watch happen um one, you know, and, and and there's different things too, right? And sometimes it's turnovers, sometimes it's um, sometimes it's the, they can't get the puck over the red line, other times it's special teams meltdowns. You know, the uh, I mean, Buffalo just you know, Buffalo just torched the Flyers in the power play this weekend, absolutely torched yeah.
0: them. Yeah, that's never good, Bill. Speaking of not getting the puck over the red line, there was a puck that was deflected out of the Flyers zone in the second period of the game last night, Sunday night and four players it didn't get deflected beyond the red line of the neutral zone and four players flew off the ice to change leaving one guy out there on one side of the ice. And they transitioned right away. Darlene gets it up the ice. They end up scoring on a breakaway. But I mean, why are four players changing in a situation where a puck is not deep and you're in the D zone?
1: Yeah. I mean, you have to have awareness. Uh, you know the bench is the bench is far to the right hand side. The guys on the left hand side are all changing. Tippett was the one who stayed. Yeah. You know so the left wing, the left D, which is which is Yandle. Um, he went off. You know, actually both D. Uh, now I mean Adder was on the right hand side, but you know your your left D in in the left corner is going off on a change. You know that's just, that's just basic awareness. That's really that that's not uh, you know that that's just that's so so one on one. That's something that you expect young players to just have awareness of and it's just collectively i mean it, it's not just that play if it's that play okay sometimes a brain cramp happens right but it happens over and over and over and over again and you know when we talk about some of the details that uh you know the, that have just been mind-boggling that have been blown through this year right um think think back to the the power play where the flyers had too few guys in the ice for 30 seconds
0: yeah 38 you know
1: this like never should never should happen and you know and, and they happen repeatedly and you know I you can point you can point fingers at whoever you want to point them at but the, the, the bottom line is is that it needs to be rooted out um you know uh, too late for this year but uh, but but ongoing you know it's just um you know you can you can slice and dice numbers any way you want but what they what they show you any which way you look at them is that the, you know, the Flyers, look look at their record when an opponent scores first, right? Look at their record when they're tied or a goal down in third periods. I mean, their record is abysmal. They, they just don't win. Um, you know, it, it's, uh, you look at, I mean, uh, you know, the, the road record in general is, is yeah. terrible. And it's just, you know, it's just uh any any number of indicators, right? They You just look at it, and the team is just just flat out not good enough, you know? Yeah. So.
0: Look, like, like I understand they're injured, and there's a lot of key pieces yeah. injured, and there's a lot of young guys really just cutting their teeth in the NHL. And I get it. Veteran players at this point are probably, like, geez, can this just end? You know, it has been miserable. And you, you tend to maybe check out a little bit. I get it. I get all that. And, again, like you said, it's not about the result, but it's about – you know, just the competitive nature when you go out there and there's a scoreboard to me, and some of these mistakes are just really maddening at this point. But, yeah. I mean, I guess I, I'm I'm going to not expect these to go away in the final six games. <laughs> that, that I'm going to just prepare yeah. myself. So expect that, and it's probably going to happen. But one thing I wanted to point out, Bill, because one of the young guys in the locker room is Noah Cates. He won a national championship in college, played in the Olympics this year has won at every level. A lot of these guys have. They're great players all all growing up. And he was asked post-game after the game Sunday night, what do you think is missing with the Flyers compared to programs you've been a part of with winning mentalities? Here's his answer. He said, yeah, it's obviously tough, you know, but just kind of the energy and kind of the swagger and whatnot that winning teams have. And, you know, kind of expecting to win. And whether you're up or down, you kind of play the same way. It's hard as a younger guy to say some stuff and whatnot, So I'm just trying to play the best I can in the time I got. So it's definitely hard to, as a younger guy, to say something. But I think I just got to keep playing hard, keep chipping away, and kind of talk a little when I can. But there are obviously great leaders in that room that are doing the same thing. They're pulling the rope too, just trying to be on board with them, listening to them. There's so many good guys in that locker room that want to win. It's just frustrating that we're not. We're playing hard. It's just a little extra effort here and there that will get it done. Now that quote to me um, is a leader and a guy that has awareness. Yeah. And while I I think that that quote because it's from a guy who's only played ten NHL games may have more impact.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, it was it was very very candid, and yeah. and every bit of it is correct too. You know, you look you look at certain sort of little details, right? Not even not even the big things. What is it that the teams that uh compete, you know, and and they're they're have winning records? What are the little things that they do, right? Rather, so rather than reaching for pucks, they're using their feet, they're using their body to shield it or or battle for it, or or you know, or if it's a 50 50 puck, another guy will come in and and get it. They with the full pucks, yeah, and it's full commitment and from, from five man units, and it's, co- it's cohesiveness, and, and there's a confidence. That's that's underlying it, but it's also it also grows from it too. And this team just does not have it. And and you can look at, you know, I mean, look at the confidence that Buffalo, which is not a good team. I mean, Buffalo's a team that uh has been statistically the worst closeout team in the NHL. They didn't have too much trouble closing out the Flyers. The Flyers did make a little bit of a push on, on Sunday, but not not near, you know, not enough. Too little too late. Um, you know, they're they're a lottery team you know they're not they're not, they're a team that could also lose 40 games this year it's not not you know you're not playing an upper echelon team right they they dispatched the flyers with like uh, like kind of ease actually i mean if you yeah. you know once uh, once they took control of the game they just didn't relinquish it at all there was a confidence in playing against the flyers they knew, you know we're going to beat this team and you know, the flyers just don't have it it, it, it it's it's a mentality as much as anything else. You know, some of it you can't articulate. You just know when you see, and you also know when it's not there, and it, it's yeah. not there. So, I, so what I, what Noah Kate said, I you know agree with wholeheartedly.
0: Yeah, I, it, I, it's great to, it's refreshing to hear it because we've been saying it, we've been feeling it, and seeing it for far too long. And maybe you know, a young player with fresh eyes and a fresh optimism uh, saying it can can be more impactful. And then kind of hearing the same thing from the same people repeatedly without anything actually changing. And you look at Buffalo too, Bill, I know they've been added a while, this rebuild thing, they've made the playoffs in 11 seasons, but I mean, you look at what uh, some of the pieces they have, I mean, they're building a real nice blue line there. They have some nice pe- pieces up yep. front. They maybe me a little more high end talent, um, but they, they've got a nice thing going. It's, you know, you look at the flyers and you kind of go, well, where are we in this kind of scenario with, Ryan Ellis, and I know that Mike Yo spoke before the game regarding Ryan Ellis, but didn't have all the information. But it sounds like we might be getting some info soon.
1: Uh, it sounded like that, yeah. They, that, that they're, you know, there'll be clarity in the direction they're taking. But he said not a conclusion.
0: So I'm not exactly sure what that means. Is he getting treatment? It's out at uh, Area 51. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like it, right? Yeah. It's, yeah, it's,
1: uh, it's, it's, uh, I mean, it's been very strange. Just, just getting basic information out of you know, I mean, once he was shut down for the season, there still isn't any clarity about okay, physically exactly was he going through this? This, this is beyond the upper lower body injury thing. We started out day to day on this, yeah, right. We started out day to day and ended up with out for the season. To you know, well, you know, I, I don't, I don't even know what his timetable is at this point. It's and, the, and it hangs more than anything else. There are a lot of things, you know, the, that will kind of work themselves out in the weeks and months to come. This is one of the prime things that's hanging over this team. Yeah. Cap-wise, roster-wise, you know, systems-wise, even planning, right? Who's going to play what role? What's And, and um, when, when you're planning, who's going to absorb which minutes? I mean – can you count on this player? And and nobody knows the answer. So it's, you know, uh, until there's a little bit of clarity, I mean, that's that, that's, uh, that's a glaring thing.
0: As frustrating as it's been, I'm almost impressed that we still don't have any clarity that it's been able to be kept under wraps this way. I mean, there's a, a lot of people beating that door, right. Trying to find out what's going on and what the situation is and, we haven't seen anything that's really credible at any at any point here. Somehow, this has remained under wraps, and maybe at the end of the season coming up in I don't know eleven days time, we'll we'll get some resolution to the Ryan Ellis mystery. But right now, it could be an episode of unsolved mysteries, uh, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Bill, would you see how to feel like Sandstrom? He's now got three games under his belt. Um, you know, the first game that he played that San Jose game way back. And a real nice night, forty-three saves in a tough situation where the Flyers got in late with the plane and everything. And then we saw him earlier this week in that game that they were shut out in. And then he played obviously last night against Buffalo. What have you seen out of Sandstrom?
1: I think Sandstrom's been really, really good. Um, I, I like that. Uh, you know, I like that Felix after the game after the game on Sunday was pretty critical of himself. I actually thought too harsh of himself because I don't I don't know how he was stopping any of those right. Um, I, just, just because of the way they, you know, the way, the way Buffalo can shoot, the way that they found passing lanes, and you know, this, this, all these cross seam passes. I mean, you know, goalie can move over, but the way, the way they, they they release the puck, I don't know. I don't think he could have done too much more. And for the Flyers to have been in that game, been down by a goal with an opportunity to tie it in the third period, that was a testament to Sandstrom because. Buffalo threw some really heavy rubber at him in the third period and some really quality chances too. And he kept he kept that game right where it is. Sometimes you know, sometimes with a goalie once a few pucks are past him, you know, like four or whatever the number is, you know, it's easy to it's easy to let down. And he didn't. He yeah. he you know, he stayed in there. So I I was pretty impressed by that.
0: Yeah, I mean, he made a save in the third period, a tremendous point-blank save on a low-to-high play. That was like, whoa, that was a really good save. And at that time, you know, it's a one-goal game, so you're still in it. So uh, that was a big save. Unfortunately, they couldn't reward him for it. Uh, Bill, with the six games remaining, two uh, in Canada this week, Toronto Tuesday, Montreal Thursday, and then Pittsburgh coming up on Sunday, then they will out on the road for two against Chicago and Winnipeg, and then wrap it up at home against Ottawa. I mean, at this point, they got to get a win in these final six, no? <laughs> yeah, just for their own psyche, if nothing else, right? Yeah, can you go under the, the offseason riding a third 10-game winless game? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I mean, you know. <laughs> I, you know, I mean, listen. We're, we're
1: looking at a situation that, I mean, doesn't, you know, I guess ultimately doesn't matter, but it, but it does matter. Because you, it, it, it's all the things we've been talking about in recent weeks where, you know, you want to feel a little bit better about yourself at the end of the season that you you know you figured a few things out and and you know you make some moves and listen, I mean there's there's a long, long climb ahead and, and it's not gonna be it's gonna be very tough to do what they did in two thousand seven, where it's turned around in a year. That's that's just being realistic.
0: Yeah. So is the, is the more yeah. prudent approach to be you know. I think everybody is really hung up on that aggressive retool statement that was made at that Chuck Fletcher and Dave Scott press conference. And, you know, that's fine to say then deadline was months away, the whole thing. But as you look at it now is the more prudent thing maybe to be, okay, if something is there for us, a great hockey trade, then then yeah, we're absolutely going to investigate all that stuff, but they're not in a position to force anything here to, you know, try too hard for next season to get back in the mix. And if it doesn't work, it's you're even further behind. Or is it smarter to kind of, if that aggressive hockey trade's not there to kind of maybe go into next year and say, let's keep developing these young guys. Let's move forward. See what we got. And Hey, if we, if we find ourselves in the mix, great. Cause hockey's a weird sport, but if we don't, then we're going to be in position to be, you know, at the top of the draft again and, and get another impact player along with the player you get this year.
1: Yeah. And then, you know, a year from now is, you know, a very highly touted draft, too. Um, yeah. You know, even and free agency class and free agency class as well. Of course, that ends up changing by the start of free agency because guys get re signed and yeah. you know, extended and, and whatever. But, but it, I mean, potentially so. I and mean, right now, the Flyers aren't sitting on much cap space either. That's, uh, they got to make you know, it. <laughs> when, when you're trading from, you know, when you're trading just to get cap space. You're trading from a position of weakness. Yep. So you know you make the hockey trades that they're there to make, right? I and I don't think I don't think there's a single untouchable player on the roster. Um, you know there, I, you know, I, I mean it, it just is what it is. When you have this kind of season, you can't have untouchables. Yeah, two in there, a row too. Yeah, exactly. Back back to back years like this, you know you have to be you have to examine every possibility. So I don't think. I don't think anybody should be immune from being traded. Now there are guys, you know, you're certainly not looking to deal, and guys who you might, you know, you might take uh, something where you you can open up some cap space, whether you're absorbing fifty percent or you know, I'm, I mean, you know, like a guy like like James Van Riemsdyk, right? I mean, ideally the Flyers could could absorb half of a cap, and that's actually works out better cap wise than, uh, than bio. a buyer. Yeah. But you're you're not going to make any, you know, you're not going to get any impact guy back in return you're you're just trying to create a little cap space so i mean i just i just think from from a prudent standpoint you want to you want to take a look at some of these young guys and you want to see okay can can owen tippett be a 25 goal scorer here right can morgan frost has created although i don't you know he's created a lot of chances over the last month not many of them ended up in the net okay can he can he take that next step in consistency and yeah. become a regular contributor, whether it's on whether it's on wing or at center. You you want to know how healthy Sean Couture is going to be a year from now. There's a there's a lot of a lot of question marks. You can uh, Alice, yeah the Why Ellis being the biggest one, right? Yeah. So I I just I just don't think this team realistically is in position to do an aggressive retool where, which is basically you know what they attempted to do coming into this year, yeah. right? that was uh that was that was the thought process behind the Ellis acquisition and and behind the Ristolainen Island acquisition you know and and so i don't uh you know just it's hard to follow it up given given some of the obstacles that they're facing so uh, i i think that the the best that might be to you know work on chipping away at cap space assess the young players that you have um You know, and that doesn't mean you don't you don't add a useful player or two, but it does. But it does mean, you know, I don't I don't know. I don't know if they're really going to be able to make big moves this offseason. Now, now maybe, you know, sometimes you get surprised. But I mean, I think realistically, that's what we're
0: looking at. Yeah. I mean, if something presents itself and it's a major opportunity, then, yeah, I'd be fine with it. But um, I can't deal from a position of weakness because I have too much I got to take care of. And the cap only going up one million dollars this year. Uh, a million the year after and the, probably a mil, just a million the year after that. And then it, it'll escalate normally once the escrow is all paid off. But but this was good stuff, Bill, as always. Everybody, thanks for listening. Uh, I know it's frustrating times. It's uh, six games remaining. We'll preview Flyers Leafs in tomorrow's episode. But everybody, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow on a brand new Flyers Day.